Many, many years ago, I came into our church wearing a pair of ripped shirts, ripped shirt, ripped shorts. I was such a broken, broken young man in my 20s a long time ago. And Jesus touched me. I remember the first message I heard, and I remember the man who preached it. His name is Dr. James Morocco. He's still my pastor today carries a tremendous anointing and he is over all of our churches worldwide, KC worldwide, over 120 plus different churches. He comes and visits numerous times during the year. And every year, as you're about to hear, he seeks the Lord, as, as many of us do, for the word of the Lord for 2016. So would you please put your hands together, give it up for Dr. James Morocco who's going to preach to us right now. Go ahead. There's notes coming to you. Let's get into the word. Come on, let's stand. I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Luke, and we're going to be looking together at Luke chapter Knock 5. Knock all the lights out up front, please. I'm very excited about the word God there has given go. for me to give you today. It comes from Luke 5, verses 1 through 11. Let's read the word of the Lord together. Now, it, so it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the Now when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And as they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me. For I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats inland, they forsook all and followed him. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for your word. It is a lamp. It is a light. It is that that we can depend on because your word is eternal. And Lord, I thank you that you are giving us as a church a word today that will nurture us and encourage us throughout this year. I pray, God, for an anointing. Come on, people. You have the freedom to pray with the Holy Ghost. Just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Spirit of the living God, come. Come in power, come in might. Come upon me, come on this congregation. Give us ears to hear and a heart to respond and eyes to see. I pray that you give me great liberty in preaching, that I might share what you once said, and that, Lord, your name would be glorified. Quicken my mind, and more than anything else, Holy Spirit, I ask you'll speak through me. And we'll be sure to give you all the praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Each year, 
The president has the State of the Union address. The governor of the state of the Y has the State of the State address. And every year, I take a moment to give the State of the Church address. I was mindful that a year ago, about this time, the Lord gave me a word for 2015. And as I look back on that word, I'm absolutely astounded as how that word has come into being. I was standing here in May of 2015. In 2010, five years before, God had given us a vision. We were at that time about one church in about 30 locations, and God gave me a vision. It was to be one church in 120 locations, ministering to 20,000 people weekly. And in May of this last year, as I sat and stood right here in the front, I watched in both services as 124 banners marched through this church, each representing an extension of this church, a congregation. We were ministering to 20,000 weekly. Somebody say hallelujah. And God gave us a new vision for the next five years, which we believe in 2020 will be fulfilled. It's the one, two, three vision, a hundred extensions in the U.S., continental U.S. and Hawaii, 200 extensions overseas, and 30,000 people in small groups or life groups as we call them, and in ministries. Do we have any faith in the house? Amen. Anybody believe that's going to happen? Amen. Well, back in 2010 when I said the one twenty twenty vision, there were some that believed it and God fulfilled it, and he's going to fulfill the one, two, three vision. Somebody say amen. I stood amazed at what happened. I stood amazed as well on how God revived a number of things. I had people come to me with specific things that I had prophesied in that message that had come about. One of the things we had closed the year in 2014 very largely in the red primarily because we were building buildings cash and we were starting extensions. We did not have the resources to do it, but we did it anyways, believing that God would provide. And in 2015, as we look at the end of this year, we will notice that God turned everything around and we'll be closing this year by God's grace in the black. Somebody say hallelujah. And it's an amazing thing. I was looking at the giving as I do every year, and we had three families in our church that gave over $100,000 and many that gave large sums of money. In fact, every year my wife and I, it is our goal to give over $100,000, and we've been, we've been doing that for many, many years. It's way beyond our ability. It's a supernatural thing that we believe God for. And this year... I was the largest giver, but by only $800. Somebody say hallelujah. And I've been praying that all of you beat me. That didn't go over very big, but I said, I'm believing all of you will beat me. Somebody say amen. Can you imagine what could be done if you had two or 300 people giving over 100,000 every year for the furtherance of the gospel? But I thank God for every person who gave. And we're going to believe this year is going to be a great year of prosperity and blessing. You believe that? Say amen. And so at the beginning of this year, I fasted and prayed and sought God for a word for this year. I didn't watch any Christian television. I listened to myself preach on our radio station is about all. 
And the reason I didn't watch any Christian television is I didn't want to be swayed by anything God was saying to anybody else. I wanted God to speak to me. Because I'm not responsible for other churches. I'm responsible for this church. And so I sought the word of the Lord. In fact, it was very interesting to me how he began to speak to me. About two weeks ago, I began to have tremendous pain in my knee. And I don't know if it came from an old football injury or what. I played ball in college, and I don't know what it was all about. And, and of course, I, you know, I believe in divine healing. So I said, God. I mean, we're having miracle services here. People are getting healed everywhere, and I'm sitting around barely hoppling. Wednesday night, I could hardly stand. And, you know, I'm, I'm saying, God, what's the deal? I'm your servant. And I've laid hands on hundreds of people, and they've gotten healed. I said, what's going on here? And I felt like God was speaking to me, much like in the same way he spoke to prophets in the Old Testament, where he had the prophets actually go through what they were prophesying. You know, they would uh, lay on one side. One prophet had to run around with little clothes on, and another prophet, you know, had to cook with dung and all kinds of stuff. You go, ooh, wow, I don't think I'd want to be a prophet in the Old Testament. But what they did is the prophets lived out what, what the word of the Lord was. And so the Lord spoke to me and said, here's what's happening to you. He said, the enemy is trying to restrict you. The enemy's trying to immobilize you. The enemy is trying to have you put the brakes on for your life. But this is the word of the Lord. Don't put on the brake. Accelerate. The word for this year. I know it doesn't rhyme with 2016. It doesn't have to rhyme. Here's the word of the Lord for this church. It's the word accelerate. It's the word that God is going to move us into a divine time of acceleration. For you, for me, and for this congregation. You say, well, pastor, how does this work? What if, the, what if there's an economic crisis this year? So what? What if there's a mix-up in the government and all kinds of things come out that have been hidden? So what? The Word of the Lord is what's the, it's the issue, not what is going on around us. The Word of the Lord is accelerate. Turn to your neighbor and say, accelerate. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't put on the brakes. Accelerate. And that's where this text comes in. As you notice in this text, Jesus is teaching. Multitudes were around him. And so in order to be able to minister to them, because they were all pushing, trying to touch him, they believed that a power would flood their being if they could just touch even his clothes. So there's uh, two boats nearby, and he gets into one of those boats. He gets into Simon's boat that was at the shore and had it put a little out from the land. Now, Simon Peter and his companions had fished all night, and they were putting away their nets. They were done for the day. But in verse 4, Jesus says something to them that is very shocking. He says, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now, 
I want you just to imagine you're Simon Peter at this point. You've fished all night. You haven't caught a thing. You're ready to go to sleep. You're putting the nets away. You, you know, it, you're, you're discouraged. You're tired. And then Jesus says, go on out again and cast your nets. Now, what is very interesting to me is what Simon says to, Pete, to Jesus. He says, uh, he says, look, he says, we've fished all night and we haven't caught a thing. Now, what he's actually saying is, hello, I'm a fisherman, you're a carpenter. We fished all night, we haven't caught anything, there's nothing there to catch. I'm really going to sleep now, Jesus. But he doesn't stop there. He says, but, oh my, 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 my. He says, but... At your word, I will let down the net. At your word, I will let down the net. Now, the moment he obeys Jesus, he gets a catch of fish so great that it was probably more fish than he had caught all year. So great was the catch that the nets began to break. His partners... James and John came out in their boat, filled both boats up with fish. Both boats started to sink. Now, this was a catch. Now, when you look at this story, you recognize something happened. There was a divine acceleration the moment Peter obeyed the word of the Lord. Boom! A catch came in that had never been caught in that lake before and probably never will again. It was a divine moment. A divine acceleration. A year's worth of fish or maybe two years worth of fish in one moment's time. You see, God wants to do that for you. Amen. I believe that God is speaking to us. And this whole story is a picture of divine acceleration. God wants to do things that took a long time to do very quickly. Things you thought were impossible can begin to happen overnight. I believe that. I believe God wants to do it collectively as a church. Things we've pushed and pushed and pushed, all of a sudden begins to start to bear fruit. Individually in your life, things you only dreamed of, all of a sudden begins to come about. Every fisherman has the great dream of having a catch like this, but they never get it. Peter got it. It was a divine acceleration. Things that would normally take a long time would come into being quickly. Things that have restricted you. Think about it. Fishing all night and couldn't catch a thing. The discouragement of that. Remember as a fisherman you lived by the fish you caught and if you didn't catch any fish you don't have food for your family. The discouragement. The potential fear, the tiredness, all of that was removed in one moment when Peter entered into a time of divine acceleration. And I believe God is saying this, things that have restricted you in the past will not keep you from your opportunity, your appointment of divine acceleration. Somebody say amen. I said, somebody say amen. amen. Are you believing what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. 
First service screamed a lot louder than you. It must have been the breakfast you ate this morning, just keeping you real mild. At your weakest point, get ready for divine acceleration. But there's a second thing that God's saying to us, and that is the Holy Spirit will manifest himself in greater measure. Yesterday, we had our healing class. We, have, we had 40 people register initially. 80, almost 80 showed up and registered for the class. And the Spirit of the Lord came in great power. People were touched. Um, Pastor Ron and I were praying for one person. The leg actually grew out. He felt it. I felt it. Pastor Ron felt it. We were all shocked. Power of God came on people. Sovereignly came on them. Things that were besieging them for months. In fact, in some cases, years. God began to touch dramatically. It was a, it was a, it was a powerful moment when I left the room. Because normally when you teach something, you know, it's just a lecture. That was not a lecture. The Holy Spirit demonstrated his power. And it was, it was awesome. And I walked out of the room. We were in the prayer chapel. And I said, God, what was that about? And here's what I felt the Lord say. In 2016, I'm going to pour out my spirit in greater measure. The Holy Spirit is going to manifest himself in greater measure. It's a part of the divine acceleration you're going to enter into. Wow. You know, already... We've been having miracles after miracles being reported. Incredible things that God's doing. I just stand in awe of it. I, I'm, I'm fully aware that all of us believe in the work of the Spirit, but when He actually manifests Himself, where you actually feel His power and it overwhelms you, you are realizing there is a reality much deeper than anything you know that God wants to move us into. He's going to do that this year. Don't miss it. Thirdly, we will be called to take radical steps of obedience. You see, the divine acceleration was something God intended, but he had to wait on Peter to obey. There are many people in this room that God wants to do some very special things for this year. He's waiting on you to obey. That act of obedience may be saying, somebody has been asking you to open a life group and you've been resistant. You're saying to God, God, I can't do that. I can't open a life group. I'm so busy. I can't do that. Maybe somebody's asked you to drive a bus to pick up kids on Sunday. I'm too busy. Can't do that. Or maybe, maybe somebody's asked you to be involved in in the bus ministry, you say, no, I can't. I just can't do it. I can't give a couple hours of my time on Saturday to knock on doors. I can't do it. In fact, God, I don't like children. I don't even want to pick them up on a bus. And over and over again, we forget something. That our obedience to what God may be saying to us is the doorway to divine acceleration. And so oftentimes we miss it. You know, every year I go through all the giving of our people in the church, and I grieve 
when I see people that have not tithed. And I say, now how is it for 35 years I have shared the truth of how God wants to bless the tither? And how is it that somebody doesn't tithe? It's beyond me. It's beyond anything I can even imagine or understand because it's a simple act of obedience. I mean, you give the government 35%. Come on, give me a break. God only asks for 10 and, and you, you think about it just for a minute. You go, how does that compute? How does somebody not obey God? And it dawned on me that so oftentimes we miss what God has for us. The blessing on our family, the blessing on our lives, on our work. I'm not talking about just material blessing. I'm talking about a happy home. I'm talking about children that love you. I'm talking about uh, in-laws and outlaws that really love you. Somebody say amen. I mean, amazing stuff that God does for the tither. And so I stand in awe. I say, what, 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 what's up? And the point is, they don't know that they're one act of obedience away from divine acceleration. This is your year. If God calls you to do something, you get involved and do it. You do it. You do it. You do it. You do it. 35 years ago when I came, I said, God, look, because our church was extremely poor. Uh, total income of our church was $50,000 a year. That's all that came into this church. And out of that, you had to pay the pastor and all the missionaries and all the upkeep of the church. It was a very poor church. Last year, our giving was over $11 million. Very different today. Everybody listen to me. I'm going to tell you what God spoke to me. I said, God, how are we going to build a church when this church is so poor? He said, you break the spirit of poverty off this thing. And you do it by preaching the word and then demonstrating it in your own life. I said, okay. So I began to lead in giving and I began to lead in preaching about giving and the importance of it. Oh, there were people that were offended. But there were people that obeyed. And I've seen God's hand of blessing. And I said to God, I said, God, use me as an example of your blessing to this church that they will know that your word is true. Amen. And in these 35 years, we have given and given and given way beyond our ability. And God, in his mercy, has blessed and blessed, and blessed, Amen. and blessed, Amen. and blessed me and my family. And I'm a blessed man. You're one step of obedience away from divine acceleration. Amen. And I don't know what that step is for you. But I know what it was for Peter. He had to put aside his tiredness. He had to put aside his discouragement even his doubts about whether Jesus even knew what he was talking about. And he obeyed the Lord, and God brought about a tremendous miracle. Amen. But there's a fourth thing I believe God is saying. Yes, he's saying this story is a picture of divine acceleration. And yes, things are going to move rather quickly that were held up. And yes, God is going to uh, do some marvelous things, and you will, in spite of the restrictions, the Lord is going to help you to 
to move into divine acceleration. The Holy Ghost will manifest himself in a special way. And thirdly, we will be called on to take radical steps of obedience. But fourthly, keep in mind, divine acceleration comes through pruning. You say, pruning? What are you talking about? Well, I'm not much of a horticulturist, but we do have trees on our property. And I am fully aware that oftentimes a tree, when it grows, as it gets older, the branches begin to droop. The fruit does not, there's not a, much of producing of the fruit. And somebody who knows what they're doing comes and he cuts off certain parts of that tree so that it can have, in reality, an acceleration of growth. And you begin to see an acceleration of growth after the pruning. That's exactly what's happened in this church. Let me tell you what I mean. Right after May, when we reached our goal of 124 extensions, the Lord began to speak to me about pruning the tree. He began to talk to me because he shows me the church is a tree. He says, I want you to prune some things. And so it was really interesting. We closed uh, a number of extensions. We closed Florida. We closed Corvallis. We closed Anchorage. And I sent all of those ministers and pastors that were serving there to Wasilla to serve on the on the church staff there. So those three pastors and ministers went there. The moment they got there, here's what began to happen. That pruning produced a tremendous growth right there in Wasilla. And between the time they came and where it's at now, the church has grown 50% because of the supernatural acceleration that came through pruning. In fact, there are more people that were added to the church in Wasilla, almost three times more people, or four times more people, than what was in the total amount of people in all three of those extensions. Now, there may be something God may need to prune in what you're doing, in your business, some kind of attitude or action that you have, some things that you, aren't, you know aren't right, God says, get rid of it. And you've been unfaithful to the Lord in that area. You've not gotten rid of it. You've kind of played with stuff. Look, God wants to bring you into divine acceleration. Amen. There has to be a pruning. Somebody say, amen. amen. You say, but I'm afraid it's going to hurt. Oh, but it'll feel better after. Because there'll be great growth and great joy. But that brings me then to the final thing. And that is, think about what happened as a result of this moment of divine acceleration for the Apostle Peter. You see, what happened to him is very fascinating because God gave him revelation. And I believe in this coming year, God is going to give us revelation. You say, revelation about what? First thing he's going to give you revelation about is about you and about your relationship with him. Now take a look at what happens to Peter. The moment he has this catch, he falls down at Jesus' knees and he says, depart from me. I'm a wicked man. I'm a sinner. Simon had a revelation of the holiness of Jesus and he had a revelation of his unholiness. Because in that moment when God turned his world upside down, by this act of divine acceleration, he realized how far away he was from being the man God wanted him to be.
I believe in this year, God's going to give you a revelation of who you are in relationship to Jesus. Because you see, God has a purpose for his divine acceleration in your life. He has a purpose for those miracles. He has a purpose for what he's going to do in your business and in your family and what he's going to do in this church. It's not just so we can stand around and become proud and arrogant about how great we are. See, one of the problems God has in blessing people is he realizes some people can't handle blessing. You say, what are you talking about? It's when they get blessed, <clears throat> when they get blessed by God, they end up becoming so proud, thinking that somehow they're really special, better than anybody else, because look at how God blessed me. And so they fall into the very sin of Satan, who in his pride rebelled against God. So God oftentimes will bring us through a period to humble us so that we can handle the blessing. And here Peter has this tremendous divine moment of acceleration in his business and it breaks him and he's broken and he's humble before God. God's going to give you a revelation of the areas of your life that he needs to fix, that you need to talk to. Some of you, that area may be your mouth. Say, so my, my mouth? Something wrong with my mouth? Yeah, the words that come out of your mouth. Some of those words are very harsh, very angry. Some it may be an attitude. So I'm ready for divine acceleration, but the attitude needs to change. Sometimes you aren't conscious of how you're affecting other people. We all do that. Listen, I'm not talking to just to you. You know, you have to understand, I have to stand before God to give an account for every word I preach to you. And that's really, really a problem. Because I speak to myself. There's times I have attitudes I shouldn't have, and God has to break me, and I cry out to him. I say, oh, God, pull that out of my life. You see, I want that divine acceleration. And I know that a part of it is God's revelation to me about myself and my, my relationship with him. But the second thing you'll notice about Peter is that he had a revelation as to his purpose. In fact, write it in your notes. He got a new vision. It wasn't just for fishing anymore, but now fishing for men. The ultimate purpose for divine acceleration is not for any of us to boast about what we think God has done through us and how great we are. But it is to see people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I believe we're entering into a season of divine acceleration because God is desiring to wrap up human history. I don't know how many years we may have left before the coming of the Lord, but I do know one thing, that God has a passion for souls. He has a passion for your whole family to be saved. He has a passion for your friends to be saved. There's an eternal judgment that awaits them outside of Christ and that God has a passion. You'll notice that here Peter was kind of on the fringes of his relationship with Jesus. It's interesting because when you read John 1, it was Andrew, his brother, that introduced him to Jesus. And Peter was there with a, a group of disciples when Jesus turned the water into wine. And he, they were there when Jesus 
cleansed the temple for the first time in Jerusalem at the beginning of his ministry. And he was even staying at Peter's house in this situation and healed his mother-in-law. But Peter was not committed to Jesus in terms of a lifelong commitment. He was kind of hanging out with Jesus. There's a difference between hanger-outers and real committed people. And we have people in church that are hanger-outers, but they're not committed. And I believe in this year where God is going to give us divine acceleration, one of the things he's going to do is move us from a place where we're just hanging out with Jesus to a place where we yearn for him and desire to obey him in every area of our life. And that is what he's doing. And that's what he did for Peter. You'll notice that even at this moment, what Peter does is he comes. Jesus said, become a fisher of men with me. Peter leaves everything. He even influences his partners, James and John. They leave everything and they follow Jesus. Now, I'm not asking you that in this year you're going to go into full-time ministry and stop doing everything you're doing. That's not what the point is. The point, however, is, is that God's going to give you a passion for people to be saved. And he's going to give you a desire to do more for him than you've ever done before. That is what divine acceleration is going to be all about. God's going to move you and move our church into moments where we'll look back and say, wow, did you see what God just did? In fact, in these last two weeks, in terms of KC, Hawaii, it's been amazing what God has done. Miracles all over the islands. I was sharing about how our sister on Molokai got a, a notice today. It was, in the, it was on the email that she had stage 4 cancer and she got healed. She, she went to the doctors and all the blood tests are normal now. There were people that uh, got out of wheelchairs, got out of walkers, canes, left all their stuff. Pastor Robert doesn't know what to do with all the stuff. It's all <laughs> over the place. Same thing's happening on Kauai. Same thing's happening. And you, you go, what? What's going on? There is a divine acceleration Amen. that is going to move us as a church into fulfilling the deepest desire in the heart of God, and that's for none to perish, but all to come to repentance. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to enter a time of divine acceleration this year. Hallelujah. Give the Lord another hand clap of praise. If you believe the word of the Lord that I just preached, I want you to stand to your feet because I'm going to pray for you that God will bring you into that time. Lift both hands in the air. Hallelujah. Would you do that right now? Come on, lift and your let hands. Let me pray for you. Now, Father, as I reach my hands out to these wonderful people, people you've called by your name, you brought us together to be a church on this island. Thank you. And you have blessed us way beyond anything we can even imagine. Over and over again, you've blessed Thank us. You, Jesus. You've raised up a people that have a heart for you, a people that seek your kingdom. And you said if we'd seek first your kingdom, all these things that would be added unto Hallelujah. us. And you're going to add those things to us in this year. A year of divine acceleration. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do. Now I'm asking as I reach my hands out to these, that you'll begin to move them into the place of obedience, 
so they do not miss their moment. I pray for that right now. I pray for that right now. Right now. How many of you here, there's been things you've had on your heart that seem to have been stopped. They've moved very slowly. But because of the word of the Lord today, you're going to believe with me that things will happen rather rapidly in this year. Let me see your hand. Leave it raised. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray that now. Whether it be in business, whether it be in family, whether it be in some circumstance or situation, whether it be in a ministry, Lord, you'll move it forward quickly. And Lord, you'll do that this year as a part of your word being revealed. Lord, I thank you for it. I praise you for it. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, we give you praise. Come on, put your hands together for God. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. You might be here tonight and you're not right with God. We never want to close the service without giving an opportunity. Oh, let there be light. Well, if that's you, you're not right with Jesus tonight. You want to be reconciled to him for the first time or make a recommitment all across this place. If that's you, would you slip your hand up? People praying. All right, God bless you. God bless you all the way back there on this side. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. See that hand. Come on, let's pray this for all together. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. Thank you that he rose again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all my sin and come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray. The Holy Spirit will fill and touch you. Holy Spirit, fill, touch. Break every chain, every bondage. Release your power and your grace upon each and every one of us, Lord, right now. And we thank you, Lord, for this next year to be a year of divine acceleration. It'll be a what? It'll be a year of divine acceleration. It'll be a what? It'll be a year of divine acceleration. And for that, we give you praise and glory. Put your hands together for Jesus. Take someone by the hand tonight. Don't miss Wednesday night. It's going to be packed out. Tremendous time. Prophetic conference this Friday. Starts this Friday night. Thank you for turning out this evening. Father, thank you for what you've done. We decree and declare it over our lives. We thank you for the vision of KC and for our apostolic leader, Dr. James Morocco, our senior pastor. Lord, we pray a blessing upon him and KC worldwide. All that you're doing, we give you praise for the tremendous growth that you've brought here in Wasilla. And Lord, we know that it is just the beginning. The best is indeed yet to come. Now bless your people, cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance unto us. Be gracious to us, keep us, and give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we'll see you Wednesday night. God bless you.